if you don't think I'm playing at least one LaVisca Chenault lineup post Urban Meyer on James Robinson Chalk Week, you're sorely mistaken. I suffer from a debilitating condition known as atropic chalkitis. Peter's one of the greatest depositors I've ever seen. Trust the process. Let's go. Let's go. I got auto match with Levitan. This is bullshit. If I just go the other way in that 66, I win all the money. All the money. If I had 150 lineups, I'd win too. Process over results. Hey everyone. Sorry, it was kind of a weak pour. I had already poured. I had topped off a few minutes before going live. And then I realized my error. The people come for the hearty, the hearty pours. GMs all around. How we doing, guys? How are we doing, GM? GM, wow, six coming in hot. He wants two a help. What about him? What about him? He's fine. He's chalky, but he's fine. Uh, bus it, bus it, bus it. Let's do it. Yeah, this, uh, this is a, a gross slate. I will say things kind of chilled out. You know, I... Uh, just looking through kind of the injury situations uh, this morning, uh, everything looks pretty calm. Uh, and maybe those are famous last words. I would say Lamar Jackson's availability is probably the biggest question mark. Uh, it seemed like he was not going to play, you know, earlier to late in the week. And then Schefter comes out with that report that there's some vague optimism from the Ravens that he might play. Uh, that was relevant to me because I have been considering using Tyler Huntley and I like that game a decent bit. Uh, you obviously have some late swap flexibility there. So that's the one I'm kind of paying attention to, but uh, it's not too hard to kind of blow up a Tyler Huntley team and, you know, pivot it to something else in that late portion of the game. So, uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, it's more kind of reading into some of these other kind of injury situations. I think the Cardinals backfield is really interesting with, you know, uh, Chase Edmonds coming off the of IR, but then you also have James Conner who's been dealing with this ankle issue. And it does sound like he could be fairly limited. I also envision he still gets, you know, high value touches. So that's a, that's a tough riddle for me. And for the most part, just as I've been trying to build and and mess with some rosters, I, I just I hate running back on this slate. Um, I think James Robinson is the easiest GPP fade of a lifetime. Uh, feel free to clip this when he buries me with 30 points, but I am just not playing him into that kind of ownership. I also think Devontae Parker is one of the best fades of a lifetime. Uh, and it's nice to see the Sims agree with me. You know, the Sims have James Robinson appearing uh, 20% less frequently than he is being uh, projected for ownership. Devontae Parker, even worse, 26% less frequent in our Sims compared to his ownership. So, um, you know, Leone had to turn in his GPP bro card last week for playing Antonio Gibson. Uh, I think you have to turn in your GPP bro card if you're playing James Robinson and Devonte Parker. Uh, but it's hard. Uh, it's hard. Oh God. I just saw this tweet as I was saying that I am praying for you so much. That is not chalk. I want to eat on this slate. There's actually tons of places you can go at wide receiver. That's not the hard part. Uh, wide receiver is pretty easy to get unique and, and find some fun stacks, but the running back stuff is just, it's really, really gross. Um, it's really gross. Let's see here. This is a good question from Drico. How many points are you willing to give up versus the optimal? Normally 20 to 30 this week, 30 to 40. Yeah. I, I saw this too. When I was looking at stuff, uh, I ran the optimal last night and I was seeing a ceiling of 220 points for the optimal and the lineups I've been building this morning have been in the 180 to 190 range. So I am giving up anywhere from 30 to 40 points exactly how Drico said it. Now, one thing that kind of impacts the the kind of ceiling of the optimal is Josh Allen is in the optimal. 
uh, right now, even at the $8,100 salary, there's um, enough value on this slate that he does find himself in the optimal and his ceiling really separates. I mean, even Tua who projects really well, uh, you know, like Leone has his ceiling projection at 27 and Josh Allen's is 38. So you can see how much Josh Allen separates is Allen and Murray uh, kind of in a tier on their own. Then there's Dak Prescott kind of in a ceiling tier. And then there's Tua and Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of that kind of elevated ceiling that you're giving up is because of Josh Allen. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Kind of, if you kind of throw out those, you know, the Josh Allen premium, I think I'm okay being in the giving up 20 to 25 ceiling points on the optimal this week. This is the way to do it, Mike. We're two hours from lock and I legit have no clue what stacks players I'm rolling with. Um, yeah, I mean, I I was reluctant to update a lot of my stuff. Uh, normally, you know, I'm checking in on it on Friday, on Saturday. Hopefully you guys saw the show with JM to win on Friday. We went full evergreen, didn't really talk about this slate at all, which I do think was the smart move considering uh, how much stuff could have been still coming down the pipeline. I mean, we recorded that and those games on the main slate hadn't even been flexed yet. Um, but in general and specifically on a slate like this, I think you're smart to wait, make sure you avoid getting anchored to anything. And, uh, we'll see here. I started the show on purpose a little late today, uh, so we could be live during inactives and then we can kind of talk through if anything happens there. All right, let me catch up on the chat. Craig Reynolds, baby. Oh man. I, I mean, RB's gross, but I don't know if it's that gross. I mean, what are they? 13 and a half point underdogs, likely three-way committee. I get it. I get it. It's Adam Schefter's boy, but uh, I don't know about Greg Reynolds. I see Parker's ownership at 35%. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing it at 38%. And I think even in small field, it'll be higher. Um, this this is how you win. This is how you win. <laughs> I, I fud everyone who's playing Parker and Robinson, and then uh, and then you jam him in the uh, GPP uh, deposit kingdom here. Let me see what's what's that at right now as far as entries. We need to get this filled. Uh, it is in the pin tweet uh, or not pin tweet. The pinned comment here. It looks like we have about sixty spots left. Uh, oh my goodness, the Hoka, the Hoka Bros are here. Thank you guys for coming out. Uh, I just posted the link to the uh, GPP, so let's get that filled. Holka, thank you very much. You're too kind. I very much appreciate you. Uh, I've told Holka this privately, but it is very kind of him to bring the We Are Back gang over here on Sunday mornings after they're wrapped up with their show over on Joel Holka's channel. We are fairly close, I think really close to 10K subs. Uh, oh, I just hit 10K subs. That's cool. That's a fun milestone. There it is. 10K subs right there on the channel. Um, that's neat. That's very neat. We, uh, we've done a shit ton of shows this year. Best ball, DFS, NFTs, sports betting, everything under the sun. Uh, so cool to hit that milestone. Definitely cool to hit that milestone. But we're not going to, you know be like Tom Brady and uh, Drew Brees alternating back and forth when they hit the uh, the passing yards milestone. Not too much navel gazing on the show today. So let's get back to the slate, but uh, very cool. Thank you guys all for being along for the ride this year. Um, All right, what else was I talking about here? So we have those mega chalk things. I find running back to be extremely difficult. Um, One thing I've been talking about with uh, Leonian stuff is this idea because Kyler and uh, Josh Allen are the highest ceiling quarterbacks on the slate. And just, I know this is going to be gross, but just tossing Devin Singletary and Chase Edmonds into those stacks. Um, obviously, the Devin Singletary thing gets blown up if Zach Moss is active. I really don't like it. Um, but if Zach Moss is inactive, we saw. Devin Singletary played a ton of snaps last week. He had a decent target share too. And I don't think anyone's going to play him. And it's kind of like decent leverage. Um, if Gabriel Davis is going to be as popular as I think he is, like playing, you know, Devin Singletary in your Josh Allen stack instead of 
uh, Gabriel Davis is something I'm entertaining just because running back so gross. The other kind of things that are on my radar for running back. Um, I like Donta Foreman, uh, although someone sent me a mention on Twitter and they're like, Donta Foreman is not the, or he is the sneaky GPP play. That's no longer sneaky. And I guess I'm seeing his ownership come up a little bit. I guess this slate could be gross enough that Deonta Foreman is, is fairly popular. That still seems shocking to me. Um, I guess between Jeff Wilson Jr. and Donta Foreman, one of those guys is probably getting steamed a decent amount. I, I'm feeling more of the steam on Jeff Wilson. Personally, you know, earlier in the week, he was projecting for, you know, 7 to 8% ownership. I see him up at 18% right now. Um, the Jeff Wilson thing is, it's tough because it is the late game and there aren't a ton of options for flexibility. If you are, you know, loading a lineup with Jeff Wilson and you need to pivot off the chalk, you know, your options are once again, the Denver running backs, but they're more expensive this week. There's a $900 difference between Jeff Wilson and Melvin Gordon, an $1,100 difference between him and Javante Williams. Um, so yeah, that's the only tough thing. AJ Dillon, I think would be in the conversation for a pivot off Jeff Wilson as well. He's 5,700. So you're going to either have to think through some 2v2s that allow you to get off of Jeff Wilson, or you're going to need to leave, you know, at least $700 on the table, which isn't ideal, you know, to make sure you could pivot it to an AJ Dillon. I guess, I guess if anyone wanted to float Devonta Freeman, uh, they could as well, but that's not my preferred back to play. Yeah, Peter, you like Mick, uh, Foreman with McNichols back. So yeah, I Ben Gretsch wrote about this in Stealing Signals at the beginning of the week, and Foreman uh, has been operating as the lead back, and it's actually been, uh, I think it was Hilliard who basically just played garbage time. So this is kind of a, a two-man backfield still, if last week's usage is any indication. And then Corain in his walkthrough was writing about Foreman's targets per uh, route run. And he's actually been pretty good as a receiver. So there, there's some pass for more upside here. And I do think when I'm looking at these games, and it's on my mind after talking to JM to win, where we're trying to find these games that could go well over the total, I do think this Titans and Steelers game has some appeal. And I like how the mini correlation set up, you know, with a Devonta Foreman, Pittsburgh pass catcher, uh, Deontay Johnson's going to be the more popular of the two. Uh, but I think he's fine. Chase Claypool though, looks really good to me as a GPP play. So I like those mini correlations. If you're playing, you know, uh, Titans running the ball with the lead playing Pittsburgh as a catch up. I think, I think that logically makes sense to me. Do I like Matt Collins this week? I haven't even thought about Matt Collins. I have not seen Matt Collins name until this very second. This is the first I'm hearing about Matt Collins. But on that point, uh, we've talked about this throughout the year too, where you're trying to like get leverage in a chalky situation. So obviously Tua, Gaskin, Parker, Gesicki. I feel like it's a really tough needle to thread where you're like, all right, Tua goes off, the Dolphins score a ton of points, and Matt Collins smashes, but then Parker and Gesicki don't. That seems like a tight needle to thread. Like I'd rather just pivot off of that game and hope that game fails, then try to find, you know, the offensive piece, the ancillary offensive piece that can go off. And I think even if you're doing that, I think that's more viable on, you know, bigger offensive juggernauts. Like I'd rather, you know, go with a Rondell Moore with a Kyler Murray or go with, like I said, a Devin Singletary or Dawson Knox with a Josh Allen and trust that those offenses do actually spread the ball around and can potentially score 40. I, I don't know if the Dolphins are putting up 40 in this spot. So uh, I never thought I'd be talking about Matt Collins, but this is a Galaxy Brain GPP show. Pete, it is a sin to question Gabriel Davis. Liam, look, I am so happy for your redacted teams, uh, but uh, I don't think he's good chalk. Um, little little too rich on on the chalk for me at, at 20 plus percent. Um, uh, you know what? I'll take that back. I won't say bad chalk. Uh, I will just say he is chalk. And you need to be pretty mindful of how you're building around him. If you're just rolling out, you know, Josh Allen digs 
Gabriel Davis, like you're, you're running out the chalk stack. That literally is the stack in the optimal right now. The optimal that I saw had Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis. So as long as you're willing to get funky around that, I suppose, but, uh, but it is going to be popular. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Uh, wow. You guys are in full gal brain mode this morning. we got an Isaiah McKenzie tout. Um, let's check out the Sims here though. And see uh, if we are missing anything. You guys will uh, be shocked to hear this, but Cordero Patterson was popping in the Sims last I checked. Every single week, Cordero Patterson pops in the Sims. Also, if you guys are run the Sims subs in the inputs, it will show uh, Washington, Philly, and Seattle, Los Angeles still as part of the main slate, but all of those guys have been keyed out, so you don't have to worry about it. The uh, The Sims are firing as intended. But look at here, right at the top, and this is what I was talking about earlier with you know James Robinson's ownership relative to a Sim frequency. I mean, the Sims clearly see that he's a solid play. Um, opto rate at 23.7%. I think this, uh, projected own within the RTS system here is incredibly light. We're looking at aggregated ownership. I'm seeing closer to 40%. Um, but here you go. Here's your Cordero Patterson play every single week. The Sims love Cordero Patterson. Most weeks I ignore it and don't play it. Um, I think he's viable. And because that game is pretty interesting, you know, with Debo, with Ayuk. Um, with Jeff Wilson, I think there's lots of, of kind of correlations and stuff you can do. And I mean, I'm seeing for Cordero Patterson, I'm seeing eight to 9%. So you're getting almost double, double the field based on the optimal rate here for Cordero Patterson. He's just, he's just hard to fit at that price tag, but running back this week is gross and in, in using a spot on a player that's projecting well in the Sims and isn't going to be super popular seems like good process to me. Christian Kirk is an interesting one. Um, he looks like a really good play um, without DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's been, you know, used downfield uh, as a deep threat. He's, you know, a, essentially operating as the the wide receiver one. He's not necessarily separating a ton um, in usage, but just enough that in this spot against Detroit, who's getting beat downfield at a pretty big rate, I really like Christian Kirk. It seems like the field likes Christian Kirk as well. Um, you know, I'm seeing around 20% ownership with him, but I do think in my Kyler double stack, I will probably have Christian Kirk. It's really hard to pass up on him. Um, and then I think I either want Rondell Moore, or Chase Edmonds kind of tossed in there with it. And fine, I guess, AJ Green, knock yourselves out if you guys hate fun and want to play AJ Green. Yep, I uh, I completely agree with this take, Iceman. Um, my Detroit, or sorry, my Cardinals and Bill stacks, uh, I have not built with bringbacks. Um, the games that I'm focusing on mini correlations are... Cincinnati and Denver. I like many correlations there and Tennessee Pittsburgh. I like many correlations there. The Denver Cincinnati one, the mini correlations make so much intuitive sense to me because both those teams really want to run the ball, but obviously if they're down, they're willing to throw. And so if the Bengals have the lead, you know, they're giving Joe mix in the ball 25 plus times. So that would be forcing Denver to kind of abandon their run focus game plan. And then I like Jerry Judy. I think Noah Fant's fine on a gross tight end week, but Jerry Judy kind of being the, the main guy there. So like a mix and Judy mini. And then on the flip side, if the Broncos get up, we know they want to run the ball. I think Javante William looks really solid and he's not catching a ton of ownership. And then you can bring it back with a T Higgins or Jamar Chase. I think I prefer Jamar Chase just because He's shown the ability to really rip off the big plays that can speed up the game. But just the way that those minis tell a good narrative story with how those teams want to play with their game script, I like those. But then to go all the way back to your point, Iceman, um, I'm not forcing mini correlations like on the San Francisco side. You know, I know I just talked about Cordell Patterson, the Sims like him. Uh, 
I know talking with uh, Karain and Leone, they like Kyle Pitts a good bit. Um, I have no problem running out a Jeff Wilson and Debo Samuel or a Jeff Wilson and Brandon Ayuk without a Falcons bring back. So if it fits, um, that correlation is obviously a boost, but it is not something I feel like you have to force uh, on this slate. And I've been trying to kind of rid myself of the automatically jamming mini correlations when when I don't necessarily need to do it. And, you know, inspired by my conversation with JM to win, really thinking through the scenarios of, you know, does this side need to be pushed by the other team for this play to hit? And I think for Jerry Judy to hit, the Bengals need to have a lead. And for Jamar Chase to hit, I think the Broncos need to have a lead. So those are the kind of things I'm thinking through on this slate. When Bush says, I find it strange that no one is talking about Tyler Huntley. I, I talked about him at the beginning. I, I like Tyler Huntley a lot. I feel like he helps unlock some nice um, things with your lineup, especially getting up to Devontae Adams. But there's legit um, uncertainty around whether he's going to get the start or not. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to give it a shot. And, you know, I would say the percentage chance he plays is, I don't know, 15, 20%, but one out of five times. It seems like Lamar Jackson probably suits up here and then it blows up the Tyler Huntley play. Now, from a GPP perspective, we love when there's uncertain news late, right? Like if all the projection systems and everyone was talking about Tyler Huntley this morning, maybe he comes in fairly popular, but instead because of this uncertainty, no one feels like putting their GPP stamp of approval on Tyler Huntley and that should keep his ownership in check. So I have no problem building lineups with Tyler Huntley and then being ready to make some pivots um, if needed. I think if you have the extra 400 and you were to pivot, you know, something to like Jimmy Garoppolo, who is in a good spot here, uh, he would have to be highly efficient, um, you know, to probably win you a GPP, but I think that's viable against the Falcons. So that's kind of how I'm, I'm thinking about the Tyler Huntley situation. No Houston love. Are we serious? Davis Mills literally projects as the lowest ceiling quarterback on the entire slate outside of PJ Walker and Jake Fromm. I will not be messing with Davis Mills. I would play Mike Glennon before I played Davis Mills. I would play Jared Goff before I played Davis Mills. I would play Matt Ryan before I played Davis Mills. Um, I'm I'm not doing that. I think if you want to play uh, Brandon Cooks in like a Jags mini or something like that, that seems like it could make sense. Um, but I never thought I would be interrogated about why I have no Houston love. <laughs> um, so buzzer beater saying, why is po Parker so low in this optimal? Well, to me, uh, to me, it makes sense, right? One of the things in the reason why I think James Robinson is a better play than Devonte Parker. If you were comparing the two, I'm not playing either, but Running back volume is far more projectable. We know Carlos Hyde isn't playing. There really isn't anyone else in this backfield to siphon carries away. The James Robinson projection is a safe projection. I, I think that's a, a fairly easy one to project. The Devontae Parker projection, based on how he's used as an outside receiver with an dot that's used a little bit deeper down the field, how much does his role change? Yes, a couple extra targets will have opened up without Waddle around. But his role hasn't changed in a way um, that is so drastic and in a predictable way that I think we can, you know, pr project him for just the confidence that we can a running back. And Tua as well has been more of a dink and dunker this year. He hasn't, you know, been as successful throwing the deep ball. So to me, there's a ton of fragility in the Devontae Parker projection. He projects well. And he's still not popping in the Sims and he's still garnering way too much ownership relative to that projection. Um, and I get it. He's 4,300 and he's the number one wide receiver in a good matchup, but this is the exact kind of spot that I'm, I'm willing to fade. Uh, and if he burns you, he burns you, but the kind of risk reward benefits when Devonte Parker fails in this spot. And I promise you he fails far more then his 40% ownership tag will suggest. That's that's saying he he only fails uh about half the time. Um I I think it could be more than that. 
Patterson or Mixon. Uh, so I prefer Mixon. Um, but I think, I think both are viable and I think both will be relatively low owned. Yep. Uh, Jeff Wilson is getting steamed. We talked about that a little bit more. Ricky says he'll play Davis Maddock before he plays Davis Mills. <laughs> Glennon over Mills. That's a joke. No, I'll, I'll book bets on, on Glennon versus Davis Mills. If, if anyone wants, um, I, I, I am shocked that the chat loves Davis Mills. You guys, I promise if you, if you have conviction on Davis Mills, go win the Millie maker today. <laughs> you guys all love Davis Mills. Go win the Millie maker. Um, do I think Parker is chalky? What happened to the chat this morning? You guys are drunk. Asking me if Parker is chalky and how much you love Davis Mills. What is wrong with you guys today? Um, did I miss any talk about Amon Ross St. Brown? No, you haven't. Um, I think he's fine. Um, you know, back to back week with uh, a decent amount of targets. I just think there's so much, um, risk here with the lions offense imploding. And I, I it's, it's just not a situation where I'm going to force a bring back. Uh, and to me, it feels a little similar to the Jamison Crowder play a couple, was it two weeks ago when Elijah Moore was ruled out and it was, you know, Oh, Jamison Crowder is going to lead, uh, the jets in receiving. And it's like, well, the jets might just fucking implode and not be able to move the ball. Um, so yeah, I, I get it. Um, but it's not something I am messing with to uh, try to win tournaments today. Thank you, Greg, for bringing some semblance of, uh, you know, being rational back to the chat. All right. If, if we're arguing about Mike Gledded versus uh, Davis Mills, then then I can I can live with that. Uh, my point is Davis Mills is literally a bottom two quarterback on the slate. Uh, and we can save our Mike Glennon versus Davis Mill arguments for uh, for another spot. Um, San Fran stack is popular or lower owned than expected. So this is one of those ones where uh, Kittle's going to be popular. Um, I really, I feel like one of the more fragile projections is the Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel stuff. But my guess is people aren't going to be using Jimmy Garoppolo and then one of those wide receivers. I have a feeling that Jeff Wilson and George Kittle is going to be everyone's preferred way to play the Vikings. So I'm hoping that Brandon Ayuk stays in check. He's one of my favorite plays right now at 6,300. I'm seeing around six to 7% ownership. So I'm hoping that holds. I'm hoping that holds. Yeah. Um, I, the, this is the ETR, or sorry, this is the Run the Sims ownership. They use a ownership provider. I look, I like looking at uh, aggregated ownership just to get a, a more um, average uh, sense of of different projection sources across the industry. And I'm seeing 40% for James Robinson, and I think it'll be even higher in small field. I wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of reach those Antonio Gibson numbers from last week where he's 55, 60% in small field. Do I like anything in the Giants offense? No. The only thing I'd even considered was maybe an Evan Ingram punt at tight end. Um, but no, uh, I'm not messing. I'm not messing with that. Let's see here. Gaskin. Yeah, Gaskin's an interesting one. Um, I wish there was more kind of leverage there off of the Jets passing game. Uh, sorry, the uh, Dolphins passing game, but I'm seeing 22% ownership for Gaskin. Um, it, it's tough because I, I'm wondering if, like I'm, I always picture those lineups that the guys run out in like the Thunderdome. You see the A Raven lineup that has, you know, the Brady, Fournette, Godwin, Gronk kind of thing. And I'm wondering if guys are going to roll out like the Tua, Gaskin, Parker, Gesicki or even just Gaskin with Parker. I think we could see a decent amount of that to where Gaskin is fairly popular. So the only real leverage that I like in that game is if you just play the Dolphins defense. Um, I think most people are going to prefer to play the, the pass catchers in Gaskin and not find the 3,700 to play the Dolphins defense. So that's really the only kind of true leverage spot. I think I like in that game. I think Gaskin's fine. They're all good plays. They project well, but they're just not sneaky whatsoever. Running back so gross. 
and him and Jeff Wilson are probably, uh, and obviously James Robinson, those three guys are all in the 5,000 range and project almost just as well as the more expensive guys like Najee and Joe Mixon and Zeke. So they're just going to be extremely popular. And I feel like on a slate like this, I would rather try to get more unique at running back, even though it's, even though it's hard. Pete, my dude, can I pivot Kyler and Kirk over Allen in digs? Um, cost adjusted. Definitely. Um, I think the overall ownership on those two is going to be uh, fairly similar. Let me put it in my spreadsheet. I'll give you, you know what? I'll give you the goods. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. I'm seeing uh, 15.8 for total salary, 70 combined ceiling, and 33 combined ownership. Your Kyler Murray to Christian Kirk is. 13 to 58 ceiling, 39 ownership. Okay. I, I, I take it back. You can't pivot it. I mean, you're saving a lot of money. You're saving a significant amount of money, but you also are taking on more ownership and sacrificing some ceiling. I think it's fine. I think I'm going to have both of those stacks in some form or another. Um, if you need money, go with the Cardinal side. If you need more ceiling and maybe a little less ownership, uh, go with the bill side. It is. It is. James Robinson, bad shock. You have my final say on that. Have you discussed Cam at all? Is he going to be cucked by PJ Walker again? Um, I Cam hasn't been on my radar. Uh, the reports were that he was going to be cucked, that they were going to be splitting stuff. I mean, DJ Moore isn't fully healthy. The Bills are still a really tough uh, defense. Uh, it's just not a situation where... Um, I feel like the risk reward is there. Like if you knew Cam Newton was playing every single snap with a healthy DJ Moore and that the Bills defense had a little give to it, like maybe we could start to entertain that. But there's just other ways I'd I'd rather go than make that play. Like I, I'd rather play Trevor Lawrence at the same price than than Cam Newton. So that that's where we're at. Melvin Gordon pivot off of J Rob. Yeah, so I mean, if you're looking at like direct pivots, I I do. I mentioned I like Chase Edmonds, I like Devin Singletary, and when I say like, I mean within the fucking context of this slate. All right, <laughs> I don't like these guys. Dot 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 in a vacuum. Um, I like Donta Foreman. Um, hang on, MJJ. Who's MJJ? I thought you were talking about Melvin Gordon. Who the fuck is MJJ? Marvin Jones. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Easy. Um, this is how frazzled I am. Um, Marvin Jones. I honestly prefer, uh, Visca over Marvin Jones. Um, Visca actually looks good in our Sims too. Um, it's always nice knowing my, you know, historic Visca bias to see that he is popping in here a little bit. We see him with, uh, a 9% Opto rate, and I'm seeing uh, pretty low ownership on him. I'm seeing 4%. Um, I feel like the Marvin Jones stuff is just cooled a little bit with Treadwell kind of coming on and operating as the deep threat, and I am really just uh, wish casting some more underneath touches for LaVisca. He was also in the air yards by low model, so it's not like his usage is totally tied to the line of scrimmage, but I think your macro point of like playing the Jags passing game, and this is actually a good example relative to the Dolphins, right? Where they're what there's not like a unique way to leverage that ownership in that game just because across their board they're getting owned, but there is unique ways to leverage James Robinson through those pass catchers. And and as much as I prefer Visca to Marvin Jones, I think Marvin Jones, Visca, Treadwell, even O'Shaughnessy, I think all those guys are pretty good ways to play it. And I built three lineups just messing around before I came on the show. And I had Visca in one and I had James O'Shaughnessy in another. So I am working, uh, we're on a similar wavelength there of, are there ways to leverage a James Robinson fail game? I just did tout Visca. I did. You feel free to throw something at me. 
the thing is, is uh, I actually know that I'm not, that it's not actually a biased play uh, because I have not played Visca in in many spots where others were tempted to play him when he was projecting well. I think there was even a Visca cash game week, if I recall. What, uh, but he legitimately projects well, and you're getting actual leverage on James Robinson. You have the worst coach in NFL history who was just fired. The Texans uh, are a bad pass defense. Uh, I'm fine playing Visca at 5% ownership. No shame on that call. Um. So how crazy is both Edmonds and Connor together against Detroit last week? Javante and Gordon both hit. So I don't, it, it's just not a play I want to make um, because when I'm, if I'm playing Edmonds, basically I'm hoping that he um, gets past game work and breaks off a big play. Connor has been getting a lot of the high value touches, but Connor isn't, you know, capable of ripping off 60 yard runs anymore. He's capable of converting at the goal line, catching passes, uh, making one or two guys miss, but Edmonds has shown that next level. So when I play Edmonds, I'm saying, let's hope Connor isn't fully healthy. Let's hope Edmonds rips off a big touchdown and the Cardinals get up and they don't need to use Connor on his bum ankle kind of thing. So to me, there's still enough of a negative correlation there that that's how I'd want to play it. And, um, I just uh, I just would rather try to to hit the nuts on another backfield than use two spots on on the Cardinals backfield. I don't think you're crazy. It's just not something that that I want to do. I think that would be way more viable in like super small field, you know, sub 200 entries. I could see something like that working out more where you're just onslaughting a team with a big team total. Um, but if you're in anything over four or five hundred people, I don't think that's optimal. Are you fading Chalky Harris this week, Najee? Yeah, I haven't built Najee into any of my lineups because I, I like their passing game more this week. Uh, I like Chase Claypool a lot, and I even think if I was going to eat a Chalky uh, Pit player, uh, I'd want to use Deontay Johnson. And there, you know, he's three hundred dollars cheaper than Najee. Uh, I think his ceiling is comparable, and maybe even a smidge less ownership. But uh, I don't think Harris is bad. Like if you want to do a like I said, I like the minis in that game. So if you played like a Najee Julio Jones mini, I think that that checks out for me. I just prefer it the other way, the Donta Foreman with a Pitts pass catcher. I I do not think Ben Roethlisberger is getting steamed. I feel like we're all seeing ghosts this morning because this is a bad this is a bad slate. Davis Mills, good play. Is Big Ben getting steamed? Um, I don't think you have to worry about Big Ben getting steamed. I don't. I, I really don't. Um, if, if Claypool had higher ownership or, or Fryermuth had higher ownership, I think you could worry about it. Cause you'd say, oh, people are playing Deontay Johnson and one of these, the double stacks are going to follow. But when I see Chase Claypool at 5% and I see Pat Fryermuth at 4%, to me, this is people saying, I'm going to play one of Najee or Deontay Johnson and be done with the Pittsburgh side. I would be shocked if big Ben was shocking. Yeah. We we touted we touted Devin Singletary uh, earlier. He's uh, he's one of my favorite running back plays, uh, bear, uh, barring the Zach Moss news. So hopefully Zach Moss is inactive. If he is, I will be firing up um, some Devin Singletary. Ownership on O'Shaughnessy, I'm seeing around seven percent, which is fine for me. It really does seem like people are getting up to Kittle and Gesicki this week, and then a pretty big gap after that. Um, I think there's some guesswork on who will be the punt play du jour. I'm actually not sure who the cash game bros are playing. I assume the cash game bros are playing Gasecki. That would just be my guess at 5,000. But there's not there's not a good punt play this week. We don't have the Brock Wright. I mean, I'm not going to lie. One of my lineups might have uh, Shane Zilstra in it. But this is a do as I say, not as I do thing. Um, it, I was forced into it. I was forced into it. Um, <laughs> Shade Zilstra play, um, just to make a lineup work, but yeah, gross week for, uh, for tight ends. Um, my favorite tight end. So if I look at mine right now, um, I don't mind, uh, Dawson Knox in Josh Allen stacks. 
Uh, like I said, I don't mind playing James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, Noah Fant looked fine to me. Um, I really don't have a, a single tight end play that I'm like, oh, I love this play this week. I might end up on a pits. I, I'm guessing when I get buried early and I'm setting up some of my late swaps, um, I'll probably end up landing on a Kyle Pitts team would be my guess. Devonta Freeman, I don't think is going to be too popular. Uh, I'm seeing around 10%. Um, they could definitely lean on the run. It's just Devonta Freeman. I was reading Pat Crane's walkthrough. His um, his efficiency metrics and, and breakaway stuff is just so, so poor. The volume is there, but he's he's providing nothing on top of the volume. He's like a poor, poor man's Najee Harris, which isn't, isn't a great thing. Um, the usage will probably be there, but without Lamar uh, versus Green Bay, I do think you just also have to worry about the overall efficiency of the offense, how much they can move the ball, how much they'll be able to establish the run. Um, not my favorite play. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate that, buddy. Uh, very nice of you guys. I've uh, I've legitimately enjoyed doing this show. This was the first year that I had added a Sunday AM uh, stream, and it's been uh, it's been fun to talk it through with you guys, get a read on what all the GPP bros are thinking heading into the slate, and uh, and yes, yeah, so I'm I'm very grateful for all of you. It's been uh, it's been an awesome year, and uh, I I normally do not let my cynical veneer down too much, but it's legitimately cool to hit. Uh, 10,000 subs after uh, making so many videos. Um, I haven't seen any weather stuff today. Uh, I get my weather tips from Kevin Roth over at Roto Grinders. He normally sends me something if I need to make an addition to the Fantasy Life newsletter. And he has not sent me any DMs today. And to me, that indicates that there are no weather concerns. Uh, I'm I'm glad you brought this up, Jake, because I I think going back to Julio, uh, who was my, my cover boy last week. I, I think it looks pretty good. Uh, and again, playing those mini correlations, you know, I've been looking at like a chase Claypool and Julio Jones mini, and then looking at a Donta Foreman, Deontay Johnson mini. And, uh, I, I like, I like Julio. I think he's a good play and he's the kind of play where if you can just find, you know, the extra 1200 off of, you know, I know that's a lot to say an extra 1200, but just looking at Julio Jones versus Devonte Parker, you know, how many times does Julio Jones outscore Devonte Parker in this spot? Kind of similar roles. If you think about it, the alpha wide receiver on a depleted, you know, offense. The, and I think Julio Jones outscores Devonte Parker far more than the ownership gap would suggest. Am I playing in the 66-person spy? I am not. I, I scaled uh, my playback this year. I'm in two spies, um, just playing two spies. I, uh, I'm i only making three lineups. I think it was, was it last week? Last week or two weeks ago, I tried to make five lineups plus our tilt space lineups, and I failed, and I was scrambling. And so I have a more narrow focus this week, um, and I'm in the big spy, and then I think the 1,100-person spy are the two I'm in. Um, all right. We got Dave G, uh, boots on the ground here, uh, in Buffalo cold, but no wind. Finally, that's good to know. That's good to know. Do you think it's viable to use Foreman with Julio? So this was the thing I was talking about where I feel like I, if that game hits, one of them is going to be pushing the other. And so I'd rather play that as you know, Donta Foreman and then the Pittsburgh having to throw the ball to catch up. Or if you want to play it, Najee and Julio coming back or just play it more as a shootout. Like I think I want to play it Julio and Chase Claypool, those guys speeding up the game with big plays. But to me, I think if the Titans have a lead, I, I worry about Julio's volume. And so the stories there, when you look at their implied team total relative to say the 49ers example, where I would be okay using Jeff Wilson and Brandon Ayuk, uh, their team to total suggests that that's a more likely thing to happen. Whereas I think for both Foreman and Julio to get there, I would want something from the Steelers and to this, but to kind of further extend this thought experiment, this would be a good spot to stack that game without the quarterback. 
You know, like if you wanted to do Foreman, Julio, and Chase Claypool, now I think that starts to make some sense and then just avoid the quarterback. But Foreman and Julio without a, a Steeler is a little less appetizing to me. Pete, thanks for starting late today. Inactive is about to come out. Uh, yeah, I have my tweet deck open. Uh, I'm trying to keep an eye on things. Feel free to pass it along in the chat if I miss anything, but we will see if there's any late breaking news here uh, that might uh, shake things up. But for the most part, uh, I haven't seen much that well. I see Dolphins and Actives coming in. Nothing big here. No Adam Shaheen. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll check this out. I also want to just take a look at some of our Run the Sims uh, optimal lineups as well, looking at the optimizer. See if this gives us any other interesting ideas here. I haven't considered Ertz uh, as much, but I, I like that play uh, with Cardinal stacks. Um, I, I think I prefer like the Edmonds, Kirk, Rondell trio a little more, but if I were to do kind of like an onslaught thing where you play, like if you did something like Kyler, Edmonds, Rondell, Zach Ertz, like it in a small field onslaught that seems pretty hot to me. Uh, but I, I, I like the Ertz call. I, I kind of want to give him a longer look. I think Ertz and Knox are both similar in that regard and that they are tied to the highest upside quarterbacks on the slate, but are not the preferred way people are currently stacking up those quarterbacks. So I think that's a good, a good call. Zach Moss inactive. All right. Famous last words, Devin Singletary season. <laughs> Famous last words. My God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have some Devin Singletary today. Who is Moss? Zach Moss. The man who was active for the win game against the Patriots and almost binked me, solo binked me, a showdown slate. But talking about your near showdown wins is almost as egregious as talking about your redacted teams during the season. Um, all right, let's see here. Are there any other inactives? I Ty Johnson and LaMichael P. Ryan inactive. I guess that's kind of interesting that Ty Johnson's inactive means that Michael Carter um has to be at pretty much full health and ready to go because Ty Johnson was the other back that had been operating a bit as a pass catching back in that offense. Um, so that's kind of interesting. We haven't talked about Michael Carter much, but if you are eating the chalk in that game and you're wanting to play it more as a shootout where the jets are able to somehow kind of stay in it and push the uh, dolphins, then I think Michael Carter isn't the worst bring back. And we saw Michael Carter as the optimal bring back. What was it? Five, six weeks ago where he caught, what was it? 12 balls. Um, although I believe that was with, Mike White at quarterback and we have Zach Wilson at quarterback. So it's not as um, clean of a through line there, but I don't just with how gross running back is on this slate and just seeing that Ty Johnson news, I don't hate Michael Carter at 4,700. I honestly don't. Um, This was a tough one. I, I was looking at this in the newsletter because Tom Pelissero was talking about it. His quote was, the plan is for Tony Pollard to give it a go today against the Giants, barring a setback this morning. Ezekiel Elliott will start, but they'd like to get Pollard a couple dozen snaps and Corey Clement will play too, a group effort. So to me, this is like just a gross spot uh, for the Cowboys where, you know, we get excited about Tony Pollard when it's Zeke, the one that is, you know, banged up and looking dusty and then Pollard can come in and maximize his touches. But now if you say he's still dealing, dealing with his plantar fascia and then you have Corey Clement mixing in too, I start to just get less excited about that. Um, from a tournament standpoint, let's see here, making sure I'm not missing anything. we got a field Yates tweet officially active. James Connor, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, DJ Moore, Zach Ertz, Rex Burkhead, officially inactive, Emmanuel Sanders, Zach Moss, Ty Johnson. So, Zach Moss and Ty Johnson, uh, I believe the kind of only 
relevant um, inactives um, based on on some plays we might make. As Levitan just tweeted out, Ty Johnson is a bit of a su- surprise scratch. Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, Austin Walter, the RBs. And the thing about that, I, I'm, I'm really starting to talk myself into the Michael Carter play because Tevin Coleman and Austin Walter have not been catching passes in that offense. So at the very worst, if Michael Carter is splitting some of the early down work, uh, I think he is going to be the exclusive pass catching back there. So I'm going to give Michael Carter and Devin Singletary probably pretty hard looks um, when I go to build my lineups in a second. Um, yeah, I am. He played. He played more snaps uh, over Brita last week. I believe Singletary played 82% of the snaps. Um, he was a little bit more involved in the pass game. Look, uh, if I, I don't, I don't mind. Like, if you want to play that through Brita, but uh, to me, uh, Singletary uh, shapes up as kind of the better projection and neither of them are going to carry much ownership. Um, Malcolm Brown inactive. Yeah. I think we, I think we knew about that one. Um, all right. I'm going to close on this one. What do we think about Javante Williams? I think he's solid. Like I was saying, similar to the Titans and Steelers dynamics, I want to be very mindful with the game script that I'm playing. So, you know, if I'm using Javante Williams, maybe I use him correlated with Denver D and I play that they just give, the Bengals a lot of trouble and play with a lead and they run the ball. Or um, I like playing it as Denver gets a lead and then you're playing a Bengals pass catcher coming back. So if I am using a Javante Williams, I would like to be using a T Higgins uh, or a Jamar Chase ideally. But I think Javante Williams is a good play. He's probably going slightly overlooked on this slate. Um, All right, guys, I'm going to go and wrap up the newsletter I am going to go and make tilt space teams with Leone and Holka. We will be back at uh, 6 p.m. on the Establish the Run YouTube channel to tilt our lineups. Hopefully, we'll have a sweat. It looks like there is 17 more spots in the GPP here. 17 more spots. Uh, Please get that filled. Uh, Thank you to the people over at DraftKings for hooking us up with that every week. $10 rake-free 400-man tournament can also get your very comfy hand builder and opto bro hoodies in the store. There is a discount for the, for you. If you are in the run, the Sims channel, if you'd like to be messing around with the Sims on your own, get signed up. They do have weekly and monthly plans over there. 10% off with promo code Pete. And we'll also get you access to our run. The Sims channel in the deposit kingdom discord. Again, thank you all for uh, for being here throughout all these shows, getting to 10K subs. Very fun. Very cool. I appreciate you all. Good luck in week 15. 